0: Welcome to the opinionated SEO, where we talk about recent news and updates in the digital marketing world of SEO, paid advertising, and social media that impact you as a marketer. Also, throw in some of my opinion into the mix. Today is January 10th, and I'll be recapping the Google SEO office hours from January 7th, 2022 which ran just under an hour. There was somewhat of a theme this office hours with a lot of questions around internationalization and language, subdomains and subfolders, and of course, indexing and crawl budget. As always, I'll give a synopsis of the question and answer, my opinion, and a link to the question in the video. I'll skip questions that didn't really have an answer or were so unique, I don't think it would apply to most marketers. We started off with another crawl budget question. Blogging consistently compared to someone who doesn't, will Google crawl at a different rate? Does consistency have anything to do with ranking? John said that it doesn't. Being able to crawl and index a website is definitely a ranking factor. He goes on to say, if you're comparing one page a week versus one page a day, the difference is trivial. Paraphrasing, if it's 110 or 10,000, Google can crawl in a reasonable time frame, and your crawl budget shouldn't be a concern. I've said this before, when you start getting into the millions of pages, that's where you really should start being concerned about crawl budget. The next question was, if I post less often and less consistently, will Google pull my sitemap less frequently? The answer is yes. There are two types of crawls that Google does. One is a discovery crawl, where Google looks for new pages. And two is a refresh crawl, where Google looks to update existing pages that they already know about. Expect the refresh crawls to the homepage daily or hourly, depending on the site. If new links are found, then the discovery crawler will go look at those new pages. Google's smart enough to not visit pages that don't change often. And so it isn't a sign of quality or ranking, but just that they don't need to visit the pages often. In the next question, John answered that Google will not penalize you for having duplicate content on your site as in a category page that has an excerpt from your blog, which would be exactly the same as your blog itself. Google knows that's going to happen. So take a look at this if you want to learn a little bit more about that. But that was pretty much what was going on with that question. The next, this was really a short question, but I think it's something we deal with often. If you have an older piece of content and you're updating it, should you repost it or update the old post? One thing John said was, don't just update it so it's a new date without making content changes. He encouraged the questioner to simply update the old post with new content. Hreflang again. The question was about a site that was doing well in one language, but they created a new domain with English language in order to target globally. How should the hreflang tag be handled? The only time you should use it is if you have the equivalent page in another language. It's a page-by-page basis, so if you don't have the same page on the other language site, you shouldn't add the tag. John said for the hreflang, the ranking stays the same, but they swap out the page for the most fitting one. This works across different domains and also on the same domain. Moving on to page experience, are there more than just the three that we can see in Search Console, those being Core Web Vitals, Mobile Visibility, and Page Experience? John said those are three, yes, but there's also the addition of intrusive interstitials. Otherwise, there's no other page experience ranking factors. What data is Google Chrome collecting from users that is used for rankings? Okay, we get this all the time, right? People are thinking Chrome is figuring things out and sending that data back. We even hear that with Google Analytics. John goes on to say just the Chrome user experience data that is aggregated. It's what users saw when they went to your website with cards only to page experience. I actually just had a conversation with a small business owner and he was kind of shocked that they didn't use more data. Basically let him know that anything you do on the website has zero impact on your ranking. They only look at usability data in the form of core web vitals, metrics, everything else like bounce rate or time on page don't matter. And again, Google does not use Google Analytics data and ranking. Remember, Google Analytics data is pretty easy to manipulate. Google isn't going to trust it. Not every site has it implemented or implemented correctly. So stop worrying about having Google Analytics installed or ways you might be able to tweak that to make it look like you have lower bounce rate, things like that. You can rank with a plain text HTML file with no JavaScript, no analytics. I've got examples. (laughs) All right. International targeting. So the questioner started in the U.S. with .com and then expanded in the last two years into India, Australia, and Mexico. They purchased CCTLDs and are using them, but the sites still have low authority. They don't have hreflang tags set up, should they? The tag itself won't change the ranking. It would just make sure that the preferred version of the page is shown. If you already are ranking with the .com version but not ranking for the localized version, you should install the hreflink tag so it will swap the pages out in search results. There's a question related to An update to the jobs-related markup for direct reply. There was a notice in Search Console for those that use the jobs-related markup. There was a direct apply tag added to the market. I've linked an article about the update by Search Engine Land here in the show notes and the blog at opinionatedseo.com. Go ahead and take a look at that if this affects you. There was a short little discussion. Try to make sure that you're up to date on those, but this is uh, something that's been going on for about six months. This questioner moved from folders to subdomains for a country-based job website. They 301'd but saw a large drop-off in traffic. They implemented both folders and subdomains and asked if the canonical is the best method for these pages. Since there are two versions of the pages, and if there are millions of pages, that might start running into crawl budget issues. So, subfolder versus subdomain. It's been about 10 years since Monster.com moved subdomain to subfolders and published a huge case study on it. Each year, it seems someone else does something similar and all have the same results. So, unless you're constrained by technology, just use subfolders. Uh, Brendan Hufford did one of the best write-ups on this recently here at SEO for the Rest of Us blog, link in the show notes and blog page. It's a short two to three minute read, but I think it sums up a few data points and aligns with what I think is a good general consensus. For the guys who asked this question, I think the issue isn't Google, but simply the fact that subfolders work better than subdomains. How to get another language version of a website into top stories. John mentioned page experience metrics would be the first place to look, but there's not other reasons or technical factors that would contribute. Any website should be able to be shown in top stories. The next question was, Since the number of features are increasing on SERPs, how is Search Console calculating rankings? Search Console shows the average top position. So if you're shown in three, four, and five, then you're tracked as three. Google Search Console rankings takes into account all SERP features. So things like business profiles, even images will be counted. As new features are added, they try to include those, However, my guess is that there's a little bit of a delay in that. This questioner's JavaScript rendering has some forward slashes in it that Googlebot's interpreting as a URL, and they're seeing errors in Search Console from this. Even though they have millions of pages, John reiterates that the discovery type searches, there shouldn't be an issue with crawl budget. If it's too much for the server, you can adjust your crawl rate, which updates within about a day or so. To answer the question about how to keep Google from following these URLs, the best way is to put that JavaScript into a file and block it with robots text, but you need to ensure that the site still renders properly without the JavaScript. And another question about subdomain and subfolder related to languages, John said that it doesn't really matter, but take into consideration tracking legal aspects or the requirements to have a cctld for the country you are targeting you know my opinion on this i think subfolders are the best way to go Using rel nofollow on links to a page to effectively no-index, it was the question, and John says no. Nofollow tells Google not to pass any page rank to these pages. It doesn't mean that they won't index the pages. I included an article on Search Engine Journal, which references some comments by Gary that John is referencing in his response here, made about the tag actually being a hint only. If you want a page to not be indexed, add a no-index tag. And of course, we need to always have one of these, another my page isn't indexed yet question. It's been a month on a landing page and all the request indexing was done, but still nothing. John said that not everything gets indexed. Some things to consider, make sure all the technical side is looking good. Also, the quality of the site overall is a big factor. You may need to work on that, but that's a long term goal. There's a question about pruning low-quality content based solely on traffic. What's the minimum traffic to keep an article? And John basically said, don't just go off of the traffic for this. Some pages just don't get a lot of traffic but are very important, especially things like seasonal pages. So there should be a lot more that goes into deciding whether or not to remove a page from your site. This question was about structured markup, specifically breadcrumbs. But the takeaway on the response was similar to his December 24th, 2021 office hours, where he says Google looks at what is visible on the page versus what you have marked up for structured data. So make sure that you aren't putting something in structured data that's not visible on the page and also the other way around. The question here is about the update with new extensive reviews and how that might be affecting new e-commerce sites. John said, as users' expectations change, so does Google, and this is an example of that. The question went on about native platform review functionality, and it seems that it doesn't really matter so long as Google can find the reviews and read them. So work on getting those reviews and make sure that they're quality. This questioner had a lot of content theft, and after having them removed via DMCA, they didn't see any increase in ranking. John goes on to say that this wouldn't affect ranking, There's nothing in the algorithm about uniqueness of your page or site that boosts it for more other generic terms. So just because you had it taken down where someone had a copy of your content doesn't mean that your content all of a sudden is going to rank higher. Now, if they were ranking instead of you, you might see some difference there, but this isn't going to increase the quality of your site. And the last question... Google is pulling the wrong info for his site. Specifically, the dates are pulling the wrong year and showing up in the search result pages. Their click-throughs dropped and they're considering doing a data no snippet around the content, but wanted to know any other ideas. So John said they pull up dates in a variety of ways. But one of the things is to use the date structured data or as part of the event structured data so they'll know its exact date from the markup. It could be picking up other numbers and thinking their years. I've actually seen this too many times where Google wasn't sure if the number was an office, mobile, or fax number. And when someone searches, they end up calling a fax line or some corporate number instead of the local one simply because Google couldn't tell from the HTML. The best thing to do here is make sure if there's any potential markup that you could put in place, make sure to do that so that Google is spoon-fed the data and knows exactly what it is. Thank you for listening, and that's it for today's recap of the SEO Office Hours.